Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a bright future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting. Uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has, my decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision real easy. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Check me tomorrow We'll see if I'm leaking Push and push and push till it hurts The devil's on the roller skates Down at the roller rink Picking up chicks for me Ones that push and push and push till it hurts Push and push till it hurts Throwback Tuesday on Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott, pinch hitting for Bob Stoffer once again. Pleased to have you along for the ride, and what a fun one it's going to be, folks, after a 7 2 Oilers victory. Where did that come from? Wow. 7 2. Five players, five Oilers team members with two point nights. If they could get that going consistently, this team is a different animal. Hey, Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. You can now buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all of your office technology needs. I am hosting today as Bob is uh, getting ready to jump on the bird and head down to Vancouver. Oilers and Canucks tomorrow night from Rogers Arena. We will hear from Bob at uh, about 12.18-ish and get his thoughts on that big victory last night at 12.35. It's usually Stauffer, Inspector. Today, Escott. Inspector for uh, it's every Tuesday for the horses, horse racing Alberta, and the 7,000 men and women that work in Alberta's horse racing industry. So that'll take us right through to uh, 135. At 135, I thought it would be fun. You know, the cat's away, the mouse is going to play. The mid season awards brought to you by yours truly. We can get into that discussion at 135. Here's how you get a hold of us you can call us on the Oilers Now hotline, 780 496 That's brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino's Great Show Home Giveaway. Every month until December 2019, you could win entries for a luxuriously designed show home in Edgemont. Head to River Cree Resort and Casino for details. I assume that's all on their website as well. You can text us at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. You think all dealerships are the same? Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan. 
Saskatchewan. Shows on Twitter at Oilers Now. Bob is available at Bob underscore Stoffer and myself at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with two E's. We mentioned we'll bring you Mark Spector later in the show. Uh, for now, let's get right into it. I mean, 7 2 last night. It was the wildest opening five minutes of hockey that I've seen in a while. A long time. It was four goals up on the board less than five minutes into the game. Uh, I could tell you all about it, but let's hear it from the voice of the Oilers, Jack Michaels and the Oilers Radio Network. The Oilers are up one and down one. And now the rubber match, if you will, on this homestand will come against the Buffalo Sabres. Sherry shoots and scores from a terrible angle down the left half boards. Here's Kyle Brodziak hitting the line. Left wing shot, score! Zach Cassian with his first goal since December the 7th. Throw back toward the net and tipped home by Nugent Hopkins. Reader back to Cassian, one touch score. And it's 3 1 Edmonton. Shot double to redirection. Wrist shot score. Went right to Evan Rodriguez. Out to Ristolan and he fans, and the Oilers will have a breakaway. It's Connor McDavid. Right to left. In across the blue. Shoots and scores. Five hole. Rodriguez, one of the two Buffalo goals giveaway. Lucic shoots and scores. Scandella put it right on Lucic's tape. And the Oilers all of a sudden a two-on-one if they want it. Lucic walks in, shoots, scores. Squeezed at five-hole. If you're getting two from Lucic and two from Cassian, you got to like your chances. McDavid to the net, trying to tuck it five-hole, rebound, score. Right on cue, Leon Dreisaitl, power play goal. Koskinen paddles it into the corner, and this one's history. 40 saves for Miko Koskinen and a 7-2 thrashing of the Buffalo Sabres tonight by the Edmonton Oilers. That was wild stuff. We're inside the Oilers Now Audio Vault. It's brought to you by Direct Workwear. For product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing, and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. So it was an offensive output from guys that don't typically, uh, or at least haven't this season, got those numbers up on the board. Lucic with a pair of goals, Cassian with a pair of goals. Each of them came into that game with only two goals on the season apiece. They've doubled down on that total. But uh, Lucic was named the second star of the game, Cassie in the first. And uh, head coach of the Oilers, Ken Hitchcock, had some real interesting thoughts on big number 27. Well, for me, Luch is... This is five games in a row that he's been like this. He's really playing well. I mean, he's doing... He looks like the player for me that was around two or three years ago. I mean, uh, he's got speed. He's got tempo in his game, both, both ends of the rink. Uh, he's able to pressure and control the boards, making quick decisions off the boards. Uh, his back check or track and reload, what we call it, is exceptional. He breaks up plays after play. He's got great tempo in his game, and this is now five or six games like this. So, I mean, it's good. It's good that he's scoring. It's good for him, but I think the scoring is just the end byproduct of how well he's playing. You went on to add a couple thoughts on uh, big number 44, Zach Cassian. For me, when he plays physical at the puck, he's very effective. And he's starting to understand foot speed to create turnovers. And I think he, he did a good job again today. But both these guys are using their legs more. And they're getting on top of people in a big way. And they're, they're big body guys. So they're creating a lot of turnovers for us. 
Cassian, uh, Cassian was kind of nonchalant about this after the game, which is a good sign because to me that means that he expects that sort of performance out of himself. But uh, he did talk a little bit post-game about benefiting from some lucky bounces out of the gate. Yeah, we well, first one is just a lucky bounce, plain and simple. Second one um, was a good play by Toby. But uh, those are sometimes the breaks you need to open the floodgates, I think. Uh, I don't think we've really changed much. Uh, the way we've played ended up getting a few bounces a few goals going and in previous games the story of the Oilers had been the exact opposite I'm not trying to be the excuse factory here but I don't think I had ever seen a team experience such bad puck luck like the Oilers did now obviously the techs are going to flood in at 6.30 6.30 and say well Brendan you create your own luck by how you're playing I don't disagree with that but you know you saw the bounces that happened in that game against uh, against Arizona the first one off Garland's face that was going in anyway but then Garland's uh, game winning goal that ricocheted hard off of what Cam Talbot said was not the glass, but had to have been a stanchion with the way the puck uh, ricocheted off that. So Oilers uh, flipped the script there. They're the benefactors of some lucky bounces, but they were... uh they were backstopped quite admirably by Miko Koskinen, the third star of the game last night. He says, uh, despite a big win and getting a lot of contributions from guys around the around the roster, two points is two points. We, we just need to win. It didn't matter how it comes. Of course, now we score like seven goals. It's even bigger. Like we got cast score two goals and lose score two big goals for us. So it's a uh, huge for huge for the team. But in the end, it's only two points. Two points that the Oilers needed to move back into. Uh, they're in a four-way tie now for the the final wildcard spot in the West. They're fourth in the Pacific, 22-21-3 with 47 points. Uh, tomorrow night, taking on a Vancouver team that also has uh, 47 points. Oilers made a move this morning, picking up Colby Cave off the waiver wire from Boston. He's uh, he's went undrafted out of Swift Current. He's 24 years old now and somebody that has produced a, a junior he's produced in the AHL he's yet to do that at the NHL level I believe only five points in 20 games this year but we'll get uh, we'll get Bob's thoughts on that uh, after we step aside here for a quick break it's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 17 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob uh, has the travel day with the team, so we're trying to check in with him right now, trying to get him on the line. In the meantime, let's head to the Heartland Ford text line. A couple good things coming across here right away. A couple of good points. Uh, one of them being, uh, this is out of Saskatoon. It says, hey, Brendan, don't get too excited. Still badly outshot by a team playing poorly. And with everything the oil touched going uh, in the Sabres, we're even playing a little un- uninspired. So uh, I do agree that the the Oilers benefited from some real shoddy goaltending. I sent that tweet out. Uh, I think we can all agree it wasn't necessarily the best night uh, between uh, Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark in goal. But sometimes you need to catch those breaks as a team. And for the Oilers to find any way to get a couple of points, as Koskinen said, it doesn't matter if you beat a team, uh, you know, 7-2 like they did last night or one nothing. Two points is two points. 
This text comes in uh, from Brad and Red Deer. It says, uh, <laughs> I like this a lot. Hey, Super Nintendo. Do you think that Lucic uh, finally saw the team optometrist about his eyes? I know Stoffer thought that was the main issue. It's, <sighs> hey man, I- I'm not sure. I- I'm certainly not on the inside like Bob is, but I do know that, and Hitch really talked about this and you heard the clip a little earlier on, that Lucic has been a different player over the last five games it's not just because he put a couple up on the board last night but he's uh you watch him back check you watch him play off the wall like Hitchcock said and it looks like a different player it looks like somebody who's taken it upon himself to help lead this team in the right direction which is something that you may remember from the last time I hosted I wondered if they were lacking a little bit of something like that from a guy like Lucic, he is a, a veteran voice in that room. So a solid, uh, a solid few games from him, and hopefully something that they can build on. Text comes in from uh, Jr. in Calgary. It says, "Hey boys, what would it take to get Furland out of Carolina? A second and a prospect? Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably around what they're looking for." Uh, for Furland. He's under $2 million cap hit, so he's actually somebody out there who does fit in with the Oilers' financial uh, struggles right now. I'm not sure what would have to give financially either, you know, something's going to have to happen with Brandon Manning, perhaps, if he continues to sit in the press box. I think that's just too high of a too high of a cap hit to not be playing. I don't imagine anybody's going to contest that. But uh, Spooner is a guy that apparently maybe they've been putting feelers out there on. We'll have to see. I do like the thought of them adding Michael Furland at the end of the day. All right, we've managed to track down the big guy himself. We'll bring aboard Bob Stoffer now on the uh, River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Bob, 7-2 last night. (laughs) What happened in the first five minutes of that game? Yeah, it was a bizarre hockey game. I mean, the, the funny thing is, if you saw the first goal against, you're thinking on Koskinen, you're thinking that's a terrible goal, and you realize it was deflection off middle stat. And, uh, you know, and then Zach Cassian, you know, you, can, you, you can't just shut him down. You can only hope to contain him. And last night he finally broke through for a couple. And uh, uh, Carter Hutton was fighting the puck a bit. Uh, Buffalo was leaking. The Oilers, you know, were not very good in the first, but from that point on, once they built up the lead, then McDavid scored on that turnover by Ristolainen early in the second on the breakaway, in which he almost fell twice. Uh, it was a different hockey game, and Buffalo started pressing and turning pucks over. The Oilers uh, kind of, you know, took advantage and had some guys break out that needed to, to get some offensive mojo going. And then maybe the thing that got missed in last night's game is Koskinen was really solid. I mean, he gave up two in, what, the first uh, – 12 minutes or so of the game, and then he battled the rest of the way and played a, you know, gave the orders a really good start. And he's an important guy here to watch moving forward. So they've got the Canucks coming up. Uh, Canucks have had their number, a couple of 4-2 wins to this point in the season. Is what we saw last night, do you think that any of that offensive output is sustainable from the guys like Reader had two assists and a couple of... Yeah. Yeah, you know what, Brendan? I mean, you look at it, and how can you say anything sustainable when you win one and lose one over a seven-game stretch, right? So uh, what I will say is the two games against Vancouver were very different. Um, but there was one constant theme, and that's Jacob Markstrom outplayed Miko Koskinen in both starts. I mean, Koskinen played okay, but not good enough in Vancouver. And, uh, you know, 3-2 game, they got the empty netter. Uh, the Oilers outshot Vancouver 32-20. to their support players were around the net a lot, but they just didn't capitalize. And uh, conversely, the game here at Edmonton, as you recall, Miko gave up four in the first six shots of the game. 
and the Oilers didn't get out of a first period. It was an ugly first period for Edmonton, but uh, you know the Canucks uh, got that goal late in the period, and that was the one ultimately that Chase cost them. So uh, I expect Miko to start. He's got to have a better start, and the Oilers have to play better uh, than they have in either of the two games against Vancouver. Edmonton had a really spirited practice today. It was a full practice today. Uh, Thursday will be a day off after the game Wednesday, and then they'll be back at it Friday. But uh, there was a lot of compete drills, and against the Vancouver team, that, that you know, I think Travis Green's pretty much getting them. I'm not the biggest Jacob Markstrom guy, but so far he's played pretty well this year. I think their defense is underrated. They can move the puck a little bit. Um, we'll see if Peterson and it, again, uh, you know, Jack Michael specifically went to look at, to uh, Elias uh, Peterson, and it's, it's Peterson, so. For any of the listeners out there, he wants to go by Peterson. So, this, I mean, this is a this guy's a special player. I'm not sure he's going to play. It changes the dynamic a bit, but they've also got Sutter back in the middle to go inside with uh, Horvat. And that was part of last night's game, Brendan. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly has dominated the games against Edmonton in the last two years. And last night, the Oilers, I think, won about, won about 61% of the face-offs. And they're, one of the things that's happened against Vancouver is the Canucks have won draws. The Oilers have been chasing in games, and the Canucks have got better. Uh, uh, they had better special teams in the first game of the year, played between the two teams. And I think Everton, was, frankly, was outworked through the balance of a game, and they, they can't afford to happen that because Vancouver has worked their way into the mix here to be in the playoffs. Right, and so I look at this, Bob, and Hitchcock was able to really balance the minutes in uh, last night's game. You, The high man yeah. was was Larson at 24 minutes, which is seriously different than what had been going on. So obviously I think that allowed them to have that high, uh, that high energy practice like you're talking about this morning. But do you think that bodes well for them heading into Vancouver as well, having uh, been able to well, he can, guys? He, he can, and he did ride the whip of McDavid in the first game in Vancouver, but he can go hard on McDavid. And don't forget, Vancouver's the game where Hitch complained about the backside interference because they were tackling him 25, 30 feet as he's trying to, you know, Connor's skating ability allows him, he's always in the play. And the Canucks were doing a real good job of interfering. And, you you know, in the two referee system, what we have is it's it's the uh, efficiency of the lowest common denominator in the two referee system. I don't want to make that call. Well, I don't want to make that call. So nobody makes the call. That's So uh, guys that draw calls, and people say, well, McDavid's already getting the most. There's a ton of backside stuff that people aren't even picking up on. on you know, if you're watching the game on TV, if you're in the building, you can see the interference. It's plain as day. And for Oilers fans, it's exasperating because you've got this nuclear deterrent that nobody else in the league can match. And if I'm coaching against McDavid, you ain't cheating if you ain't trying. And so, or you ain't trying unless you're cheating a bit, right? And that's what the Canucks did. So. But the Oilers have got to work hard, too. And I'd also assert to you that Edmonton has to make life a little bit difficult on some of Vancouver's better players. So if Peterson does play, they got to get in his grill. And Drysaddle did a bit of that in the last game that was here. Uh, you know, and we saw last night there was a shipper, Lucic and Cassian, really leaned on the Buffalo uh, line that was the, the, the Johan Larson line. And it was comical because those guys wanted no part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm... For Edmonton's sake, if they're going to make a run here, to me it can't just be, well, let's wait for Clefbaum to come back here. they got four games before the break. they got to win at least three of those games, and they got to beat Vancouver tomorrow night.
And I think I would say that three of them are winnable. Calgary is going to be real tough, but they do get them at home. Uh, Bob, Colby Cave picked up off of waivers this morning. What do we know about this guy? Where do you see him fitting into this lineup, or do you? Well, he was one of the last guys that Peter Shirelli signed uh, when he was in Boston. Uh, he was he capped the Mark Lamb's team at Swift Current. Uh, he's he's a, bit of a bit of a late bloomer. He didn't put up you know really good numbers his first three years of uh, the minors, but this year was at 18 points in 15 games. Fans saw I mean completely different type of player, but they saw Connor Garland who didn't do much in his first two years in the AHL, and uh, you know he's he's obviously got eight goals right now, so. Uh, in Cave's case, he's going to be a bottom six guy. You know, like Garland's on the power play. Colby Cave's not going to play on the power play, but he, he's a depth guy. The Oilers needed another center option. And just, I know there was a tweet out yesterday from Ryan Rashog about the Oilers actively pursuing, and you know, this this piece could be a play. This piece could be a play. I would be very reluctant. Uh, just so, ah, we'll we'll talk about that at another day. But I, you know, I, I would not be reluctant to move the first round pick. I have my reasons for, for doing that. But for me, it's not for a UFA. It's a guy that's carrying some term coming back. And for the Yes, the Polyarvi fans out there, I'm from the school that the Oilers just got to be patient with him. Even if they were to trade him based on where he's at right now, they'd never get the valuation for what he might turn out to be. And I'd rather just see the Oilers get that out of him here long term and continue to work with him. Because so, I know that that was out there last night. There was people talking about that possibility. And I think, you know, to look no further than Jake Vertanen in Vancouver. As a 19-year-old, Jake Vertanen scored nine goals in 65 games in the minors. And last year as a 19-year-old, Paul Yarby had double-digit goals in the NHL. Last season, uh, through the first 36 games of the year, Vertanen had five goals. Paul Yarby's got four. And this season, Jake Vertanen's looking like a, a really good top-nine forward. And we'll see where it goes for Vertanen. And so let's get some, uh, for me, I preach patience with Paul Yarby as well. The clock has struck midnight on this convo, Bob. So we appreciate you checking in. Safe travels. And uh, we'll talk soon. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bob. All right. So it is 12, uh, just about 12... 29 here in Edmonton. When we come back from a news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodouin, we're going to hear from Mark Spector. It's brought to you by the horses, Horse Racing Alberta. The province of Alberta was built on the back of a horse. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.